episode 14 of the thermometer welcome back it is thursday october 5th this is will fritz i'm with nolan thompson we cannot wait to talk a little bit about our reactions from the wild card round and then move on to some predictions for the divisional series nolan let's just start let's just start let's not let's not f around this episode we got a lot to talk about let's start with the rangers versus the rays what are your initial reactions from the series it's really disappointing, I think, if you're a Rays fan, but there was there's not a lot of them that were there. So yeah, which is it's just so crazy. If you didn't if you didn't see the report, the Tampa Bay Rays set the record for the lowest postseason attendance since what 1919, 1921, something like that. But some because it was like nineteen thousand people. Yeah, I mean, I. I I was talking more about the team, like in general, but 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 that was a that was a letdown as well. Like, I mean, I still think the no Rays one are showed the, up. I still think the Rays are the better team, but you know, yeah, I agree. I it's agree. just so well, tough because they've done this now two playoffs in a row. But I thought this year's team was significantly better than last year's. I just think you know they lost. I, I think their future isn't looking. I mean, it's, it's still amazing this with the Rays. Like they have. A lot of people coming up, but you did get career years from like a lot of guys. Like you can't. Yeah, but they do have so many. Like their pit, their pitching future. So like people have forgotten about Shane Boz and Drew Rasmussen and Jeffrey Springs, who all yeah. have like immense control. I think Tyler Glasnow probably gets moved this off season because yeah. they don't want to pay him. So I could see that happening as well. But if you guys didn't see, so the Rangers did end up sweeping the Rays. And it's really tough, too. easily as well. I think it people forget, what, too, about Wander Franco, too. That yeah. really screwed him over. I mean, we don't know We don't know what's going to happen with Wander Franco, so it's hard to, like, you can't really predict that. But I think, like, them getting swept on a what run differential of, what, 18 to 1? Yeah. Something like that. Like, it's it, there was not a close game in that series, and... I think pretty much everyone had the Rays getting out of that series, especially looking at the pitching matchups and whatnot. Jaymont shoved, Nate Ivaldi shoved. Um, I, I don't know what to say about the Rays because it's they get to the postseason every year, and we talked about last episode. The goal is you just got to get to the postseason every year, and then hope that your kind of your bats get hot at the right time, your pitching staff is working at the right time. But I think. The takeaway from the Rays season, I think, is like there's no there was a lot of inconsistencies. And I think and they were just really injured. And the wander thing I think throws a lot off as well. I would say another thing to think about with the Rays is that you kind of feel a little bit hard done by how the seeding works because you did have the second best record in the American League, but you still had to play the wild card. Yeah, and arguably, if you subscribe to like other things like the Pythagorean win total, yeah, or something like base runs, then you probably yeah. say, "Oh, the Rays were the best team in the regular season, but yet they still had to play the wild card or the best team in the American League at least." So, it I is. Mean, I think there's a. It is crazy to think about that Rays team in March and April, not winning the division and then getting swept in the first round. I mean, I think it's just it's just like the Orioles crazy like outperformed their run differential by a lot, yeah. and the Rays underperformed the run differential by quite a lot. Like, and I, the, and the like, Orioles have been healthy for the most part. Besides, 
I think besides John Means and uh, Felix Bautista going down at the very end, they were like 100% for the entire well, year. Dude, I mean, the Rays are the, a better team than the Orioles in every single sense. They hit better. They pitch better. Yeah. Uh, I think they Their similarly bullpen, field. Orioles bullpen is probably better, but everything else, I think the but Orioles I think in the Rays overmatch them in. Yeah, so it's just unfortunate, but... but- I mean, um, let's move on to Orioles and Rangers because let's talk some predictions. I kind of I re- I wrote down who I think the projected starter will be. They didn't actually release them, but I think it's probably going to end up being Dane Dunning versus Kyle Bradish game one. Obviously, pitching advantage goes to the Orioles. Jaymont versus Grayson Rodriguez game two. Yavaldi versus John Means game three. Keeney versus Dean Kramer game four, potentially, unless they want to do something with short rest. And then it'll go back to Jaymont versus Kyle Bradish game five. I think this is going to be a shootout because after these for even like with these first two games, I think that these teams are just going to rake. There's a lot of inexperienced pitchers. I think that Dane Dunning is going to, Dane Dunning is going to struggle. Okay. I'm going to disagree with you because I think there is this narrative that the Orioles have like this amazing offense and they really don't like, but I think that they're going to succeed against Dane yeah, Dunham I mean, and yeah, Andrew but, Heaney. Like you think about it, there's a lot of different narratives that go on and a lot of different things people had on their, have in their head. Yeah. Baltimore has a one Oh five WRC plus on the season, which is still what good. Are they, top 10 offense, but to 11th, but okay. Yeah. They're similar in terms. They're the most similar teams in, terms of offense are the Cubs and the Cardinals. So yeah, I think a lot of people have this misconception that there's some sort of juggernaut hitting team. They're really not. Yeah. And I think that like Kyle Bradish figured things out at the end of the year. He looks like, like a, I'd say a fringe top 10 pitcher right now in the American league. I mean, I league, think he's a good number. American league. I mean, I, I would say he's probably more of a number two. I was going to say the same thing because he but did I think have a Jamon t- is more of a number two too. He had a two point eight three ERA, but you look at some other things: three point seven nine x ERA, three point five three x FIP. Yeah, I mean, he's probably a good two. He's not an ace, and then it just gets worse from there. Like you think Grayson has turned it around. I think he's probably a fine. I like he's a fine person to pitch to, but like Dean Kramer, I think that, like he's or, right now. I think. Grayson is a good three. I think that is future in his career. He could be higher than that and better than that. But I think right now, Grayson Rodriguez is a solid three. And then you go to John Means and Dean Kramer and Orioles fans were all obsessed with John Means coming back. And he hasn't, I mean, I think he's repping like a, if I pull this up, he's repping a 2.6 ERA through four starts. However, XERA at 4.7 xfit at 5.9 his velo is down lowest since 2019 um i he's not really striking out anybody through his first four starts i don't think it's like he was never going to be really their savior i think they should be happy that he's going to be their three in the playoffs and not their two or their one but I think it's still like neither neither of these teams have great pitching staffs. Yeah, and I I think another thing is a lot of these guys, especially John Means coming off injury, he's a little bit older. You're gonna think about probably having to go to your bullpen early, yeah. and 
to be honest, it's not a very good bullpen. It's like, I think Felix Bautista made it good. But besides, like, I mean, that means... They've had some guys step up since. But, like, you're going to have to go to guys like Tyler Wells and Jacob Webb in the bullpen, who I don't think are bad, but... Yeah. And, like, Cole Irvin or Jack Flair, who I think can do a job This is why I think it's going to be a shootout, because we know the Rangers bullpen, and we know they're not good. And I don't, like, I don't think any of these... I, I think there's the pit- so much variability with these pitchers. Yeah, I think the pitching staffs are fairly equal. Like you'd say Rangers have a better starting rotation. And the uh, Orioles, Orioles have a better, better bullpen. bullpen but yeah. I saw, I think it's their pitching staffs could be thought as the same. But, I mean, I just think Texas is a better offense by far. So, yeah. I mean, I think it's, I'm saying Texas. But we have seen the impact. I mean, you might disagree with me, but especially in these big games. I think Orioles fans are going to be buzzing to be there. It's been a while. I think that it's going to be rowdy in Baltimore. I think that could have an impact. But in these longer series, it doesn't have the same impact as, like in the wild card, you get three games at home and they don't get to touch their home field if you're the higher seed. But in this case, it's you get two at home, they get two at home, you get the last one, but you have to get to that last game in order to play it at home. Yeah, well, and I think another thing which makes the Orioles a good regular season team this year is their amount of depth. But the thing is, is you can't play 15 position players in the same lineup. So over a five-game series, depth doesn't matter as much. Like you go, oh, okay, let's say Jordan Westbrook gets injured. We have Ramona Rios to play third, but it's like they're very similar players, so... Yeah, it's not like you're gonna be be benefiting from that, and they outperformed a lot of the metrics or their metrics. They were pretty much average in almost everything. Like, yeah, on the season they were 14th in OPS, 11th in starting pitching starting pitcher ERA with a lot of expected regression, and fifth in bullpen ERA with some expected regression. So, yeah. I don't know. I just don't really believe in. Orioles, let's go. So. Let's go through the games quick. Let's each give our pick. I'll give the pitching matchups. You give me a winner. Okay, so one thing, just on, I'm looking at Fangraphs right now, and they don't have Grayson Rodriguez starting any of the first three games. So I'm just going to check real quick. Just read them off. I'm going to check real quick to make sure nothing's going on. Game one, we have Dane Dunning versus Kyle Bradish, as I mentioned. I personally think that one goes to the Orioles. I think, like I said, Baltimore is going to be buzzing. I think that this Oriole, or this offense is going to show out against Dane Dunning. I think the Orioles take game one easily. I think that game two, I think that Jordan Montgomery is pitching really well right now. We just saw him dice a raised lineup. I think that he takes game two against Grayson Rodriguez. Is that confirmed? Is Grayson Rodriguez? Yeah, it's, I, I mean, two? I found nothing about him, so I'm guessing... Yeah, he's got to be going. He's got to be going because I think, I mean, he has to be one of their three best pitchers, and you might even have but to go to a fourth he's starter going in a series. Like he's, I think he's definitely going to pitch. If not two, know. he's going three. But yeah, so I mean, I, I would just say that my prediction would be like Rangers three one, probably like they have Josh Rangers Young 3-1. back. Their offense is super strong. And I think possibly, I think Mitch Garver, like Mitch Garver is a little banged up and is why he didn't play in the wild card series. But 
One thing that I, does I worry could see that I could see that because I think that the Orioles could take game one and then Jamont takes game two from whoever it is, and then they have Yavaldi and like Heaney or Perez maybe game four, like a mix of those two going against John Means and Dean Kramer. So it's like I think that the Rangers bats are just gonna show out in games two through four, and I could see that three one as well. I mean, yeah, I would say that the Orioles are very, very lucky too that Max Scherzer, John Gray, and Jacob DeGrom are all hurt. Yeah. And you could John Gray, especially because yeah. that like 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 well, the I... less and less you have, the more and more it cuts your rotation. Yeah. Like when then... they were down to John Gray game three, it was like, oh, that's kind of it's not looking the same for the Rangers. And then when he got cut, it's like, or not cut, sorry, my fault, but he got injured. That just makes it so much worse because you're yeah. playing with basically two starting pitchers. And you trade and, and uh, Max Scherzer too. Mm-hmm. So and I think so. If this if this were to go five, it would be Jaymont versus Bradish, and I think that I think that Jaymont has the pitching advantage. Yeah, but I think the pitching is fairly even, and I just think believe in the Rangers' offense way more. But yeah. one thing I was going to say this one thing that does worry me is the managing from the Rangers' side because Robbie Grossman they've hit Robbie third. Grossman third, which arguably he should not even be in the lineup against right-handed pitching. So, like, I think I don't like. Does he have like? I have no like, idea. So, is okay. he blackmailing Bruce Bochy? Yeah. So, just for a little bit of context, Robbie Grossman has been basically the same hitter his entire career. Horrible on defense. So, in 2023, he has a 158 WRC plus versus left-handed pitching and a 75 versus right-handed pitching. And in his career, those numbers are similar. Like, not as drastic. Like his right. I think his. If I look against right-handed pitching, he's a 94 WRC plus and lefties 126 WRC plus. So, I mean, he shouldn't even see the field versus right-handed pitching. I think that I think that they're gonna listen. I think that they're. I think that the manager or like Bruce Bochy is gonna hear the uproar from the fans and management, and I think he's gonna listen. I don't. I don't think we'll see Robbie Grossman batting third. It's just <laughs> yeah. kind of yeah. I mean, he, like you have Nate Lau hitting fourth behind. Like, ima- uh, like imagine you come up bottom of the ninth. You know, it's a tie game, runner on second, two outs. And then you yeah. have Ravi Grossman hitter and hitting instead of Nate Lowe. Yeah, it's like, oh, we're facing the top of the order. Semyon, Seeger, and Ravi Grossman. <laughs> and his like, career 94 WRC plus versus right-handed pitching. It just, yeah, it just doesn't make sense. All right, so we I just both have Rangers fun. in four. Yeah. All right, let's move on. We're going to go to... We are okay. We already covered Twins Astros in the last episode because that's who we thought was going to be matched up. But let's just talk. Let's let's talk about Twins Blue Jays first. I mean, I would just say the Blue Jays. I mean, I think they played fine. I don't think they looked really overmatched. They didn't really hit, which was they. I mean, yeah, I think they they definitely got a little bit unlucky with sequencing. I I guess you could say, but I mean. I just think the one thing that stands out is like Vlad getting picked off of first base. And I think that was the. I mean, like the twin look at the win probability graph, but that must have flipped it. Not flipped it, but like significantly decreased their chances to win. Yeah, and I thought the blue. I mean, I think the Blue Jays were a pretty flawed team anyway. Like their lineup, which was supposed to be their strength, like Kirk and Guerrero, all had seasons that were quite a bit 
worse than what you were expecting. Yeah. So I just I don't really think the a lot Blue of people Jays want to talk about a lot of people want to talk about the Jose Barrios removal after what the third, I believe. After he gave up one run in the third. No, one walk. One walk. One walk in the third, and then they took him out at 47 pitches. Okay, yeah. But he I mean, gave up I, one I, run. Yeah, so normally I'm yeah. the guy, like, I think Kikuchi is pretty similar pitcher to Barrios, and especially the that. Twins. kind of go either way with The them. Twins are definitely worse against left-handed pitching. I know, like, recently the splits don't show that, but I think the, season, the season numbers are more indicative yeah. and are a bit more accurate. So I don't think in theory... It's a wrong decision, but I think one thing that's interesting is like Barrios' velocity was up like across the board. Like his really? fastball, I think, was up over like a mile and a half. Wow. In terms of velocity compared to the yearly average. So, wow. dude, that, that is an interesting I mean, thing. So, I think I don't think like he was a bet. I, I think this game, that. if you just look at what he was throwing, he was a better pitcher than he was during the regular season. Yeah. So I think, I think that's that definitely. Also, I think most people who are saying they should have kept him in aren't using using that reasoning, but I think that mm-hmm. is a valid reason to want to keep him in because it was definitely scripted that they wanted to take him out, and, and it definitely made sense by the numbers because otherwise they wouldn't have done it. And the whole like, I think the idea of putting Kikuchi in to try and burn some of the Twins bench, I love that. Like, I think that's smart managing in ways that like. Not only are you putting a lefty who looks a lot different from a guy like Brios in, and the Twins have fared like worse against lefties as well, but also you burn some of that bench, and that's like, just yeah, like you less burn options. Like, like I, it you, makes perfect sense. You to burn me. a if, guy, you burn a guy like Matt Walner, who has like you're gonna have to pinch hit for him because he's a 30 WRC plus versus lefties. Yeah, and he's a 169 WRC plus versus righties. So you take him out of the game. In favor for somebody like Kyle Farmer, who's like below average versus righties and slightly above average versus lefties. Yeah, and I think that gives you the advantage the rest of the game, but none and of it matters. There if you wasn't don't a big runs. difference between the two. Yeah, and like there, you couldn't the know. Thing and Jose Brios has also been like terrible the third time through the order. Yeah, this year. So I don't know. I I, I think I probably would have kept him in, but. Because I would have kept. I would have looked at the velocity. I understand. Like it would have. I would have had to wait a little bit. Longer. And I yeah. I think one thing they probably overlooked in their plan was saying like, well, why don't we do this? But let's see how Jose Brios pitches. So I'm gonna go look. Okay. So compared to the yearly average, his slurve was up 1.7 miles an hour. Sinker up one one and a half miles an hour. His changeup was up 2.4 miles an hour. His four seam was up one mile per hour on average. And then yeah. His spin rate was up across the board. He had more vertical break on all of his pitches, more horizontal break on all of his pitches. Yeah. So I would say he was pitching very, very well. And ter- not in terms, because results vary, but he was pitching better because his stuff is faster and it's harder to hit stuff like pitches that are just thrown hard. It's just a fact. Yeah. I don't know. So overall, I think like, and the Twins pitching showed the f out. Yeah, like, and I think we saw their bullpen come through. We saw their rotation cooking. They look like one of the best pitching staffs in baseball right now. And I feel like that's a good bridge into 
I mean, kind of Twins versus Astros conversation. Do you have anything else on the Blue Jays kind of recap? Uh, I mean, I think it's another tough season for them, but not because they didn't perform in the playoffs. I just think their team is their team wasn't constructed very well. So yeah, they're gonna be a fun they're gonna be a fun team to like kind of look over in the off season. I don't know what the hell you do with Dalton Varsho at this point, but let's move on. Well, yeah, I, to- I have one more thing. So hold on. Yeah, so the Twins bullpen, I think, was the MVP. They had nine caves in seven and a half scoreless innings. Yep. Which I, I mean, that's incredible. You look at two, like some of the FIP numbers were incredible. Like Yoan Duran was amazing. He had like five strikeouts and two scoreless innings. So, and he just looked absolutely disgusting. Yeah. So, I mean, I just think that's. I think at the top end of their bullpen, transitioning into Twins-Astros, the top end of the Twins bullpen is similar to the Astros, but the yeah. Twins like have that depth. Like We didn't even see like, pe- like people like Paddock, Pagan, or Kenta Maeda out of the bullpen, or even f- like Cody Funderburg, who probably won't be on the roster in favor for another starter, but yeah. like we didn't even see the bottom end of the Twins bullpen, which still is very good. And yeah. I don't think the Astros have anything like that because their starting rotation is already short, so they don't have any extra guys to push into the bullpen. Yeah. I think that when we start to look at the pitching matchups in the series, it's going to get a little tricky game three, game four. I think there's just going to be some questions, especially game four. Um, but it looks like it'll probably end up being Joe Ryan versus Verlander game one. And then from there, it'll go... Pablo Lopez versus Framber Valdez. Pause. Those are two great pitching matchups. Like, I think that like that's going to be really fun to watch in general. Continuing on, game three, it looks like it'll probably be Sonny Gray versus a variation of Hunter Brown or Christian Javier. I think it'll probably go to Javier because he pitched well in his last game of the season. I feel like Dusty Baker's a guy that is going to see that and be like, oh, he's on right now, and then throw him game three. Even though um, he probably threw the exact same pitches. Yeah, probably. <laughs> With probably the exact same movement, the exact same <laughs> velo. Um, anyways, and then game four, it looks like it'll probably be Bailey Ober or potentially some sort of bullpen game or mixing Kenta Maeda versus whoever probably doesn't go for the Astros between Hunter Brown and Christian Javier. And Urquidy, I don't know. They could pitch Urquidy, too. They could do Urquidy, yeah. I, I think it will be Javier. I think just because of the way Dusty Baker thinks, I think it will be Christian Javier game three because he did pitch well in the playoffs last year. Yeah. I don't know, really. Um, I, we we just, did this whole – we already did this whole – if you want to, like, listen, we already did the whole Twins-Astros predictions in our last episode for the for the wild card, so you'll get a bunch of information there. Um. But, and then game five will probably be Pablo Lopez versus Justin Verlander. I think that the Twins, after game one especially, have the starting pitching advantage. I think overall they have the pitching advantage, but I think the starting pitching advantage, if they were to get game one, I think the series is over, in my opinion. Well, I I, I think it heavily favors the Twins, but if yeah. they get game one, but it's going to be hard. I don't. It just. It's really weird to just 
to judge Justin Verlander because he's 40 years old. He has a 4.56 XFIP. His strikeouts are down a ton. His walks are up a ton. His home runs are up a ton compared to last year. So, like, he his Justin Verlander is striking out less than eight batters per nine. Yeah. So. I don't know. He's, just, a, he's a different pitcher now. And, like, Framber's, like, Framber hasn't been as good. Like, I think the story with the Astros last year is how dominant their starting rotation is. And they relied yeah. on Verlander, Valdez, and Javier most of the time. Yeah. And all three of those guys have gotten way worse compared to where they were last year. So, Yeah. But, I think that the Twins are going to take it in. I think they're going to take it in five. I'll say Astros in five. As that's, well. that's my prediction. So Okay. Let's move on. Well, I think, um, I think the Twins have the manager advantage too because – Dusty Baker does weird stuff. So then, why are the Astros winning? Because I just Astros. I just think their lineup is better. Yeah, and I probably like, is. It's just like the the top they of the order. They have a lot of history of yeah. in the postseason. Too. But Dusty Baker is weird too. He has the uh, what I like to call the Jeremy Pena and Rafael Montero obsession. Yeah, like Rafael Montero, like last year, was like one of their highest leverage pitchers, but he's. But there were multiple guys like Brian Abreu who, and Hector Norris who had better numbers than him. But yeah, I guess we'll see. Yeah. I don't. Managers don't matter that much, even if you think one of them is bad at yeah. their job. Yeah. Um. All right. You've got so just a little recap. I've got we both have Rangers in four in the first series. I have Twins in five in the second. Nolan has Astros in five. Let's go to D-backs versus Brewers. Quick recap. I think that it's just the Diamond <coughs> – my fault. Diamondbacks offense showed out. Yeah. Um, and the Brewers offense did not show out. I Well, and I think it's more like – Zach Gallon is the milkman. I think the Brewers and, offense probably did okay considering how bad yeah, they were I mean, during the regular you season. Had, you had your kind of big guys that you needed to hit well, hit well, like – Christian Yelich had a solid series. Willie Adamas had a solid series. William Contreras had a fine series. I mean, how many how many runs did they score total? Um, let me let me check. I so they scored say... two. Yeah, and then they scored three. So five. I mean, across. I think I think that's what you'd expect. It's just they just needed to get game one, especially with the Fott versus Burns. Yeah, like the your strength was your pitching and. You gave up a lot of runs, so yeah. So that's where you lack. And now Corbin Burns is gone, so I don't know. Let's go to let's. let's I mean, look I think Corbin Burns let's, is for sure gone. Yeah, most likely. I agree. Well, he's remember that's a, that's an off season. Yeah, topic. in the past topic. he was angry with the front office, but moving on. Yes, he has been. Um, D bags versus Dodgers. I think that ultimately. I mean, I think this is the, the Dodgers mode. haven't their rotation doesn't look the same, but not a, a lot of these rotations haven't looked the same. We've talked about this; they don't look the same as like past postseasons. So the Dodgers rotation is probably going to look like Clayton Kershaw game one, Bobby Miller game two, a mix of Lance Lynn, uh, Ryan Pepio, and potentially Emmett Sheehan game three, and then you go back to Kershaw game four. 
he'll be able to rest four days and start game four, and then probably Bobby Miller game five. For the D-backs, it looks like Kelly, Gallon, Fott, and if they want to stay with Fott, if they liked how Fott pitched, otherwise they might go to Ryan Nelson. <laughs> Shout out Ryan Nelson. And then game four, uh, probably back to Merrill Kelly and then to Zach Gallon game five. So, I mean, I think that in my opinion, the rotations are pretty similar. I would still give the advantage to the Dodgers, but yeah. I think one reason that I think the Dodgers have an even bigger advantage than people think is you look at the bottom half of their order, like they're going to platoon Jason Hayward, James Outman, and David Peralta, right? And those yeah. guys are only going to face right-handed pitching. And then yeah. against left-handed pitching, it'll be Rosario, Chris Taylor, and Enrique Hernandez. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think the lefties are all way better. All like all three of those lefties are way better, but it'll all be right. It'll be a lot of right-handed pitching when facing the Diamondbacks. So I just think the Dodgers lineup against right-handed pitching is very, very good. And they of course have like the, the big two at the top of the lineup. So my prediction is I agree. Dodgers 3-0. Dodgers 3-0. I'll go Dodgers in four. We have to come back and look at these because I don't even remember who I picked for the wild card, to be honest. Yeah. But um, I know I had the Rays winning, so that was Kate. But I think I had anyways, the Rays making the World Series. That's insane. Well, I mean, if you look no, at the numbers. I'm just saying that. You, I'm, just saying that yeah. I'm just saying that because... If you look at the numbers, they were you're the best. so bad. You're so bad at looking at baseball. You they, don't know anything about baseball, Nolan. They were the best team on paper. How they was I supposed to predict? Stop. Even if they lost anyway. because they were nervous, how was I supposed to know that they were nervous? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Phillies Marlins, quick recap. The Phillies are probably the hottest team in baseball, and the city of Philadelphia is going to be on fire. When they come home, game three, we saw that in the series. If you're not watching Red October, please watch. Like, go watch Phillies games when they're at home. And also, I think when it's in Atlanta, too, I think Atlanta is going to see the energy that Philly's bringing. And I think it's going to be a similar atmosphere. Um, But this is just one of those things where you can see, like, in my opinion, you can see the crowd have an impact. And also, I didn't mention this. In the in the Twins Blue Jays World Series, if you didn't if you caught the pickoff, the wild Sonny card. Gray said that it was, or yeah, Sonny Gray said that it was like as a result of the crowd noise, and because Vladdy apparently couldn't hear the third base coach, so Minnesota fans made that possible. So shout out Minnesota, shout out Minnesota. Let's go to Phillies and Braves. Um, I think that this is obviously the main event. Yeah, if you're looking at divisional series, but there's going to be the starting pitching is going to be interesting. I think that I think that it there. I think both offenses are still going to get hot, even though the pitching is solid. Um, I don't know. We're looking at game one most likely Ranger Suarez versus Spencer Strider. I think that's pretty much a lock for game one. Game two, it'll probably be Wheeler versus Bryce Elder. Game three, it probably would have been Charlie Morton, but since he's down, it'll probably be Aaron Nola versus Kyle Wright, maybe. It might be a mix of the bullpen as well. They're going to have to kind of experiment. I think after this, it's you don't really know what an organization... Like, 
if you would have told me Brandon Fott was going game one in the wild card, I would have said you're crazy. Like these teams kind of make decisions on their own. Sometimes we can't necessarily predict them all. And then game four, it'll probably go back to Ranger versus Spencer Strider again. And then we'll get a rematch of Zach Wheeler versus Bryce Elder in game five. That is obviously not, like I said, we can't predict it. So it's not necessarily exactly how it's going to go, but I don't think I don't necessarily know if it's going to matter. Yeah, I think that one team is going to get hot. I don't know. I think it'll probably be the Braves, but so again, similar with the Orioles, I'm just going to go to some really simple numbers. The Phillies have a 105 WRC plus for the season as a team, the, so which was way better in the second half. Yes, but. I think Trey Turner's Trey Turner's a worse Trey, player than he has been in the past. I mean, Alec, not Alec, recently, Alec, though, dude, like, Alec Bohm is your fourth hitter, and he is a league average hitter and has no defense. You know, I think the sensible think prediction is, is Braves and four. You have you have Braves and four. Yeah, that's my prediction. Just because, okay. just because. I think Aaron Nola is a bit, I don't know. I just. He's not the same as he was last Yeah, and especially because you're not going to get Wheeler in the scenario where they lose in four. They only get Wheeler once, and the Braves absolutely crush left-handed pitching. So I think Ranger Suarez is going to struggle, and they'll probably see him twice in the first four games. So that's why I I have Braves in four. Well, I'm going to start just by saying these first two games in Atlanta, I think the Braves have – like I think Spencer Strider needs to be clicking, and I don't – like we've seen him get blown up this year. This is just like a prove-it moment for Spencer Strider. We've seen his expected numbers. He looks really good for in FIP, in XFIP, in XERA. His ERA is obviously blown up a little bit, but – I think that like they need the Braves need to get one or one and two. I think that from there, like you don't want you don't want to go from a split into Philadelphia. I think that it's it's one of those things where this can't be measured, and I think that, like I said, Philadelphia is kind of on fire right now, and their bats are clicking at the right time. And I'm just a believer. Like I, there's not many things I have to back it up, but if the Braves split in the first two games, I think that it's looking scary. I think that ultimately if Braves win first two, they win the series, which is, I mean, it's easy to say, but, but if they split, I think it'll go to the Phillies. So ultimately I have Phillies in five. All right. Interesting. I think it's, gonna be close though i think it's gonna be a great series to watch yeah in i just think um i mean i just i would say like then like the narratives around teams can be very skewed like think about it like some of the narratives about the teams like the narrative about the twins is that they have good pitching and can't hit and the narrative about the phillies is oh their lineup is scary I don't even know if it's necessarily their lineup is scary. I mean, their starting rotation is probably 
top two I, in the I, postseason I mean, right now. Really? Think about it. I mean, you they don't... have wheel. They have Wheeler, Nola, Suarez. I mean, I think the Astros is and better. Taewon Walker. I think it probably. I think the Twins have the best starting pitching in the like entire yeah. league right now in terms of the postseason. I just think it's so hard. I just don't think. I just think the the Phillies miracle run is kind of, is a little bit overblown, and they just. I don't know. I don't I really believe in the Phillies that much. And I just think, like, you match up with the Braves, and the Braves are better at almost every position in terms of the lineup. I think they're very similar That's in true. terms of the... St- like, I think Nola gives you an advantage, but he's probably only pitching once in the series since you already played the wild card game. Like, yeah. Strider and Wheeler, I think, match up. They're pretty similar pitchers. But then you think about, is there really that much, like, difference between Suarez and Elder and Wright? And no, you only see Nola once, so. I think it could be a matter of like. And the Phillies bullpen. I think another thing to think about is that the Phillies bullpen is worse than it was last year. Like I believe. Yeah. Sir Anthony Dominguez <laughs> isn't the same person. Jose Alvarado hasn't been the same this year. I mean, Craig Kimbrell is a fine closer, but he's not amazing. Like Gregory Soto. I feel like you you're worried about him up there. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Just because he is walking a lot of guys, but I think that the winner of this series is going to be the World Series winner in my opinion. I think that the winner between the Phillies and the Braves is going to win the World Series. <laughs> yeah, I think but it, it's it, it comes down to me as we talked about last episode how there's a lot of stats that matter and it, they just slightly push the needle one way or another for a team in the postseason because it's just who's better on that day. So I am weighing the energy in Philly higher than I'm weighing any statistic right now. And I mean, we have to see what it's going to be like in Atlanta, but I think it really does matter right now. Like you see these players just, being like graciously thankful like go watch that bryson yeah stock. i mean go watch the be, bryson stock but like yeah i think acuna is gonna not hit the ball as hard because the fans in the crowd that's not what i said <laughs> but like dude Bryson's, we all know adrenaline dude, bryson, matters bryson stock adds muscle mass bro i think in, in also, Citizen Bank also Park. also i think that ronald acuna jr could be a sick villain role. I think that if he goes into Philly and he just hits like a tank, I think that that would be great storyline for baseball as well. I think that he would like he he is the person that he like I kind of look at him as kind of baseball's LeBron right now. Like not not late career LeBron, but like heat LeBron. That's how I kind of look at Ronald Acuña Jr. right now. So if he goes into Philly and he does his thing and the Braves do their thing and I I'm going to be happy. I'm yeah, not really rooting for I a team an, either way. An interesting thing to look at is, so I'm going to predict here. I'm going to like have you guess which is the most lopsided series, like in order. like In terms of odds? In terms of odds. Like what, what do you think is the number one most lopsided division series? Um, Dodgers. Yep. What do you think is number two? It's either I'm gonna say Orioles. 
No, it's Braves Phillies. That's the number so two. So it's Braves over Phillies, and then Orioles over Rangers, and then Astros. No, over it, no, no. That and then the Astros and the Twins. The most even series, according to the odds, is Orioles Rangers. Hmm. So I think Vegas is Vegas a little bit. Knows. They're down a little bit on the Orioles, and maybe down on the Phillies. I mean, they've kind of always been down on the Orioles. Yeah, and they're down on the Phillies too, compared to what a lot of people think. And they're yeah. probably up on the Astros too. Yeah. But I just hmm. think that's something interesting to look at. Where Okay. And I, I think the or- a lot of people will think the Orioles are unsuccessful if they lose this series, but they still have so many amazing guys, you know, like Jackson Holiday is the number one prospect. They still have a million people to trade for pitching. So yeah. I think they need to execute in the future. And I think they're kind of playing with house money because people need to think back to the beginning of the season when you thought they weren't even going to make the playoffs and you can't be thinking like, Oh, we had the best record in the American league. We should be going to the world series because you were not, you were not the best team in the American league. Yeah. Well, well, first of all, we're going to have another episode out before. So if any of these series go five, we'll have an episode out before they go five. Um, I hope we get, I hope we get some game fives. I think we were both kind of disappointed to see four sweeps in the wild card round. Mostly just because we go two days without baseball now. But I think yeah. one thing, okay, this is like kind of the last rant is yeah. we're still playing games in the divisional series. We have like Tuesday night, it's just the American League playing game three. And Twins Astros is still at three o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. Which I just think Doesn't is crazy. And I think since you have like two days, you could stagger it early. So like day one, like you could do all four games. But then since you had this extra rest day, you could have then split it. You know what I yeah. mean? And you not, don't have to not, have the you AL don't have to play have, together and the NL play together. Yeah, like you could have. Yeah, like you could have on Friday was supposed to be no games no matter what. You could play like game three of the NL on Friday if you needed start the ALDS on Saturday, yeah. start the NLDS on Sunday. I think I mean, that Rob Manfred is just milking every last yeah. dollar out of viewership. And it, like I the, mean, it just like the twins. Frustrates the I think that the twins deserve a night playoff game at home in primetime. But yeah. they're going to have to play at 307. You know what I mean? Like game four is on Wednesday, the 11th. Well, okay. I don't think that they release... They don't release the yeah. times for games. Yeah, they won't. Re- yeah. Games but like that if they it's don't game know. three and it's a split and you're saying it, the game's at 307, three o'clock central, it's like, yeah. You're not going to have as many fans there, which I think is also an important thing to measure. Well, and but, I think a lot of people are saying, like, oh, your team's in the playoffs, take the day off work. But even if a lot of people have like PTO, getting PTO like one week, like this, it will be like, four or five days in advance but with the wild card yeah. it was like one one or two days in advance yeah which yeah. like really isn't realistic so i don't know i i just think they should favor more the individual it doesn't even have to the be individual late the individual fan bases like you can play games at the same time yeah and I agree. not worry as much about the national audience i, 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 I don't know it, just, it i understand why they do it but it's still very annoying yeah um okay so recap 
We both have Rangers in four. He has uh, Astros in five. I have Twins in five. Dodgers series, I have the Dodgers in four. You have the Dodgers in three. And the Phillies and Braves, you have the Braves in what? Four? Braves in four, yeah. And I have the Phillies in five. Uh, Okay, I just mentioned how Ronald Acuna Jr. is going to play the villain role. Who do you have hitting a home run in Citizens Bank Park on the Braves? Who's going to be the villain? Marcelo Ozuna. Marce- okay, he – I don't want to smile, but he is a baseball villain. So um, you have Marcelo Ozuna. I will go with – I think Matt Olson's going to have a great postseason. Oh, yeah. I think he's going to rake. The guy who hits really well is going to continue to hit really well. What a bold prediction. Yeah, I think he's going to have a great postseason. That is all. Do you have anything else? No, nah, not really. Okay. Uh, that is all for episode 14 of The Thermometer. And we appreciate you guys listening. We'll be back on Friday the... Looks like the 13th. I think so. Friday the 13th in October. It's getting scary out here. It's getting scary. All right. Thanks for listening. We'll see you guys next week. See you later. Bye-bye.